Hello dear listeners and today this morning in world politics with you are Andre and Tristan hello everybody and today we are going to speak about the topic that may sound science fictional because we are going to yeah. speak about space races <laughs> yeah indeed because as you know i think space is one of the most important technological field today and it shaped a lot all the political world during 20th century with all these uh, space races and this uh, Cold War. And so let's try to maybe discover it a little bit more in detail and how it yeah, creates this uh, today world that we already know. Yeah, because while I was studying this topic, I was really surprised that there were so many events in these space races because we usually yeah. know the first Sputnik, the first animals in space, the first person, and then like moon landing, and that's it. But actually, it was way more than that. Yeah, no, it's a very big topic. And it's like, at the beginning, it just, let's say, a kind of game of uh, answer between the uh, United States and the USSR. Like, uh, if uh, the opposite side made it, we need to make it better and yeah. things like that. <laughs> and uh, it's also because I think at this time, it was new. Everything was new. So all the things that you can make was obviously the first thing. So uh, when we read this kind of timeline of space exploration, we just read first thing of that, first thing of that, first thing of that, first thing of that. Yes. And it's just the beginning of a big new world. And it's yeah, very impressive. Yeah, that's true. And all this started because after the Second World War, world became two-sided. The first side was the Western world and the USA as the leader. And the other was the Soviet Union with other socialist countries who were also against the Western world. They had conflicts on Earth, for example, in Vietnam or Korea. Unofficially, the, both <laughs> armies were there. And one of the fields, yeah, was the space. And whoever made something first, it was a great, great victory for them. Yeah, it was like another way to show the power of this side. So the fact to make a war or to have uh, the more money or the more, uh, let's say, weapon. But it's more the fact to improve science or technology in this field because nothing improved before this uh, time. So it's yeah, like uh, every new thing in the world, you always want to be the first one because it's a proof of your power and the fact that you are uh, the leader in one uh, field. Yeah, so we will start and we decided to do it like this. I will be the Soviet Union and Tristan will be the US mission and the Western mission, yes. And we will say what we achieved, at what time, what date. Yeah, because and we achieve a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will answer, like, we did this to your achievement. So, but I will start because the first one to achieve something in the space races were the Soviet Union. On August 21st of 1957, Soviet Union built first intercontinental ballistic missile, R-7 Simyorka, which is 7 in Russian. And it was first missile that could take the satellites up from the atmosphere, up in the space, and that's how Soviet Union was actually able to, to launch all the satellites and uh, also all other spaceships because it wasn't only satellites, but also the spaceships, which were sent into space by this rocket. And using this rocket, Soviet Union, on October 4, 1957, sent first artificial satellite, Sputnik 1, and got the first signal from space. 
this was actually a big surprise for the US as I know because they wanted to send the first satellite themselves but suddenly the Soviet Union is getting signals from space from their own satellite and this wasn't the ending actually because yes the Soviet Union decided to make a lot of steps and the third step was in the same year 1957 but in November the third first dog in orbit named Laika which is also uh, a type of dog and the apparatus that sent her in the space was Sputnik 2 or Satellite 2. But unfortunately, as I know, this dog died on the fourth orbit due to over overheating caused by an air conditioning malfunction. So mm -hmm. poor animal died in these races and it's actually not the first victim of the space races. But yes, yeah, Soviet Union made these three steps and the biggest aim at that time was to send the first person into the space. That's why they sent the dog first. And after that, United States started to answer. Yeah, Western Bloc arrived. And so after this very quick and big improvement or challenge succeed in this step, USA was quite afraid because they thinking in their mind to be the first to make it. So they decided on July 1958, the 29th, to create the famous National Aeronautic and Space Agency. Today we all know the NASA and his beautiful t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, this uh, space agency became responsible for all the development of space research or space program or space exploration for uh, USA. So with it, the USA starting to develop is a space exploration strategy because it became a really serious business for United States government and it takes place in this uh, Cold War atmosphere and uh, they put a lot of money, a lot of uh, human and a lot of resources in this NASA and in this idea they're starting to create some uh, project because it's important to understand that space project is not the fact that uh, I have an idea and tomorrow uh, I launch my rocket uh, on space. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a project that takes a really long time to set up and there is a lot of uh, different versions of rocket, different versions of spacecraft to go in space and the main goal is not achieved with just one mission. In this idea, the first let's say, work of uh, NASA took place in uh, August uh, 1959 and thanks to Explorer 6, which was a satellite that uh, NASA sent uh, to space, they take the first photograph of Earth from an orbit. So it's the beginning of uh, this races for USA and it's starting by a work of uh, research and the fact to maybe, let's say, map the space around us to be more efficient after to the space travel or the space exploration. Yeah, it's interesting that Soviet Union, even though they sent all this spacecraft in the 1957, but it feels like they didn't have the object to look at the Earth from the orbit, like see it. But NASA was like sending and making a picture of the Earth so we could see our planet from the space. How yeah. does it look? That's actually interesting, maybe if we got like more time in this program, because I think we will record a lot today with all these <laughs> events. Yeah, it we looks too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could go deeper and like think what standpoint of view did every site have in exploring space? What was the main aim to mm. achieve in the end? Because United mm. States sounds to me more like humanic, because they also wanted to see the Earth. Yeah, I think there is both sides because this uh, space exploration 
was led by scientists, and I think some of these scientists have this idea to improve the science knowledge. But at the end, money came from state that mm. want to make this Cold War, and it was more the fact to prove their superiority in this field. But of course, behind this space exploration, there is a kind also of a poetic or human way of uh, making it. And it's why I think it's so interesting and we really like it. Yeah, and the Soviet Union actually was waiting in 1958. It didn't do anything. It actually looks like they were waiting for the answer. Maybe like in computer game, their turn ended. Yeah. <laughs> they were waiting. The ball come back in, yeah. the, in their side. Yeah, but in 1959, they also did some actions. First, they did the first rocket engine restart in Earth orbit. Then they had the first lunar spacecraft, first detection of solar wind, and first human-made object in heliocentric orbit. And all this is uh, due to the project called Luna 1, which is uh, translated from Russian Moon 1. This was the first spacecraft to reach the vicinity of the Earth's moon and the first spacecraft to be placed in heliocentric orbit. But in the same year, however, due to an incorrectly timed upper stage burn during its launch, Luna 1 missed the moon in the process becoming the first spacecraft to leave heliocentric orbit. <laughs> so, uh, two in one room. Yeah, because the space wasn't that... Uh, This was like a secret area for humanity, so all the researches were made could be actually incorrect, and mm. because of that, you may have had the unexpected results. That's why I think they took so much time not to send person into yeah, the space. Because each time you test or create a new prototype, you need to send it in space and discover if your research are true or not. Yeah, and uh, you don't have opportunity to try it in I don't know on Earth in some uh, special condition. To discover the real uh, efficiency of it, you need to, <laughs> to try it. And it's why it's so full of uh, little steps that are able to yeah, build this uh, big way today. And uh, in this idea, just uh, one year later, in uh, January 1961, the NASA sent in space the first hominade. It's like this uh, animal close to us. And it's uh, Am, a little chimpanzee, that uh, is also known as uh, Am the Astrochimp which is a really cool nickname, I think, for a chimpanzee. <laughs> and uh, it shows this uh, will and this wish for space exploration to be the first to send a real human in space mm -hmm. because it's like a mark of uh, power and the fact to reach and to, let's say, not really, but to get the honor of this uh, space that for now nobody uh, is honor of it. But the Soviet... Uh, Side won this, uh, won this battle. And were the Americans able to get the chimpanzee back alive? Yeah, so Am um, came back on Earth uh, in safety and he died uh, around 20 years later after this uh, first travel. So maybe the most famous or popular chimpanzee on Earth. Uh, but I don't have a lot of detail about it, but there is some really cool picture on the internet when we saw it in this little uh, spacecraft with his ah, little yeah. uh, helmet and it's, uh, it too, it's yeah, funny it's to cute. see so uh, let's check if you want to discover a little bit more the life of Am which looks to have the coolest life that uh, a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true and this chimpanzee lived for 20 years to be the hero not only the animal world but also the human world But actually, this launch of chimpanzee may have been the answer to the Soviets launching Belka and Strelka, which is also were like us, and they were launched in 1960. They also came back to Earth 
alive, but how long did they live after that? I don't know. And as you said already, yes, the Soviet Union achieved the biggest aim at that time, and they were the first ones to send human into space. It was Yuri Gagarin, and uh, it was also a first orbital flight of a manned vehicle. As they say, Yuri Gagarin made one circle, I think, around the Earth, and then came safely back. And his capsule was called Vostok 1, which is East 1, translated from Russian. And it happened on 12th of April 1961. And even nowadays, this is, uh, well, not that big, I say, but still a holiday in Russia. I don't know about the world, but in Russia, yes. And Gagarin actually became an international celebrity and was awarded many medals and titles, including Hero of the Soviet Union. But he didn't live long after that. This is actually a really tragic story, because on the 27th of March 1968, while on a routine training flight from Chkalovsky Air Base, Gagarin and flight instructor Vladimir Seryogin died when their MiG-15 UTI crashed near the town of Kirzhach. And there is actually a conspiration theory that Gagarin was becoming too popular and he could influence the people's minds. So maybe the authorities of the Soviet Union made it, like, made all of this, yeah, so he would crush and wouldn't leave. And actually, I know there is a funny story also because Gagarin was traveling around the world after he flew into space and he also was in the Buckingham Palace with the Queen. And there is a funny story because he wasn't like some high society guy. He was just a usual uh, army man who went to space and he didn't change him at all. And when they were drinking tea, he had a lemon in his tea. And as a usual person, he decided to eat this lemon. <laughs> and everybody was silent watching what is he doing. And only the Queen was the one who also ate her lemon. So everybody was like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, yes, to, yeah, to eat the, the lemon. It's a funny story. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, uh, Yuri Gagarin haven't lived long, only seven years after his flight. And after that, in tragical air crash, we lost one of the most maybe heroic person in the Soviet Union. And that's true. In France, we don't know this date, but we know Yuri Gagarin, and we know his story is really famous people, and it's one year of this uh, man that uh, shapes the history and that everybody knows. And uh, to continue maybe with the American answer of this uh, new victory for Soviet Union, the same year, in uh, 1961, and uh, one month later, the 5th of May, The NASA sent to space the first uh, American astronaut, Alan Shepard, during the mission Mercury Redstone 3. And in order to make the thing maybe a little bit more impressive than uh, Soviet Union, Alan Shepard is also the first man who pilots a space flight. This uh, space flight of Alan Shepard took place also in this idea of uh, United States to become more important in the space flight because for now victories are most on the Soviet side and the progress in space exploration on the Soviet side are more important or more bigger than the progress of the United States. And so in the same month, in May, President Kennedy decided to start the really famous today Apollo project It's a long project that took place during more than 11 years in the United States. And the goal of this project is to bring men on the moon. Because now 
we know that men are able to go in space. So the next step is to bring men in the closest celestial body of Earth and the kind of new race starting. And this one, at my eyes, is one of the most important of this uh, space race and of the 20th century because a lot of improvement took place in it and they shape a lot of new technologies that we use also for other stuff and uh, yeah it's one of the biggest event of uh, history of humanity and also i think in the end it will be the victorious point when americans yeah. land on the moon and they will defeat the soviet yeah. union in this but before that soviet union decided that they will go in the other direction not to the moon but to the venus Uh, they made a first planetary flyby near the Venus. was made by the apparatus called Venera 1, which is Venus 1, translated from Russian. Actually, I know the anecdote, really funny anecdote, because um, it was later when the Americans' moon, <laughs> moon flight was successful and there was like Soviet scientists come to Brezhnev, who was the leader by that time, and saying that we need to do something to defeat the Americans. And the Brezhnev says, like, I know what should we do, we are going to fly to the sun. And they like, how? Because it's hot and we'll just burn there. And he was like, well, we're not idiots. We're going to fly that there in the night when the sun is off. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yes. And uh, this first planetary flyby was on May 1961. So I guess Soviet Union wasn't that shocked by the Americans flying, the Alan Shepard flying in the space because they already had their first person in the space. But on August 6, 1961, so year 1961 was really special, uh, yep. <laughs> Soviet Union had first crewed mission lasting a full day. And it was made on the spaceship Vostok 2, which is East 2, translated from Russian. And it was made by German Titov. And German Titov is a Soviet cosmonaut who could have been the first pilot, actually. He was in the same training team with Yuri Gagarin, but he wasn't chosen, and so he flew the second. But his flight was also really important, because his flight finally proved that humans could live and work in space. He was the first person to orbit the Earth multiple times, a total of 17, the first to pilot a spaceship and to spend more than a day in space. He was also the first to sleep in orbit and to suffer from space sickness, becoming the first person to vomit in space so <laughs> lucky one <laughs> yes yeah, so something i actually can't imagine how is it in this no. anti-gravity and so on but let's not get deep into this <laughs> so but in something german titov was the first one <laughs> yeah and uh, i read also that even today he still remains the youngest person who went to space uh yeah yes well, i think it's quite impressive because his first travel was at age 25 And, uh, yeah, I think today it's impossible for people at this age to go to space. Yeah. Because now you need some training, a lot of... A lot of training. Yeah, because the countries are not in the rush. Well, maybe in the Elon Musk's missions to yeah, Mars maybe. there will be It's really young people. <laughs> But yeah, so this fact shows also that uh, both sides want to be really the first and sometimes they maybe make the thing in the rush or not. We don't really know, but it shows that a lot of people took place in it and... Uh, It involved all the different generation of people. And yeah. That's why it's so important and big in that time. And uh, I think after that, US answer is not so direct because one of the most important improvements that I uh, read took place in uh, 1962. 
the 26th of April and it took place again in this idea to go to the moon. So yeah, USA have this way that they want to achieve and they make some little projects other than um, the Apollo project, but Apollo project still remains the most important one. All their research and uh, effort took place in Apollo project. And so at this date, they can achieve the first spacecraft to impact the far side of the moon. So it's uh, this side of the moon that we are not able to see from mm -hmm. the Earth. So it's also a kind of technological improvement and also space travel improvement that proves that some uh, spaceship or spacecraft are able to reach some uh, places that we are not able to see from Earth and it can help for all the other projects that took place uh, during the following year. Yeah, and this project, uh, I will say jokingly, but it was also important because people finally could see that Nazis didn't have any bases on the moon and <laughs> this myth yeah. was finally destroyed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, as we were saying with you, before that only one person flew up in space. But now, Soviet Union, on the August 12, 1962, had first dual-crewed space flight and also first ship-to-ship -ship radio contact and first simultaneous flight of crewed spacecraft. It was made by Vostok 3 and Vostok 4, which is East 3 and East 4, and it was made by the pilots Adrian Nikolaev and Pavel Popovich. Those names are not even familiar to me, which is maybe my miseducation, but I actually never heard about them. Yes, and these two spaceships went into space together and had their first communication. So, looking at this, uh, like what Soviet Union was doing, it feels like, the, as you said, USA had this like direct mission to go to the moon, but Soviet Union had more like different targets at the same time. And uh, I think this is also one of the reasons of the loss, because they didn't have enough powers concentrated on one project. They were doing a lot of projects just to check this, check this, check that. And uh, I actually can't understand why is that, maybe because they wanted to take all the fields <laughs> or they thought if, if they had like this, all of these researches, they would be the first to be on the moon or even other planets. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, also the first woman in space was also from the Soviet Union and it's uh, Valentina Tereshkova. She was also the first civilian in space because before that usually only the army men were sent because the army men were considered the most ready ones. And she was sent in June 16, 1963 on the spaceship called Vostok 6, which is East 6. But actually some people say now that she almost blew everything away because she started panicking when the, the spacecraft started to fly up in space and the engineers on Earth had to do a lot of stuff to calm her down. But I don't know if it's true or not, but yes, they say that this flight may have been a disaster in the end because of her behavior. We'll never know it, but yes, she came back from space. She wasn't that much of a rock star as Yuri Gagarin, but still a lot of people, I think even in the world, know her as the hero that went to space, the first woman in space. And she also got some medals and some awards, of course. And still everybody knows that Valentina Tereshkova is the first woman in space. Yeah, and even today it's something quite rare to have women in space. Yeah. So it's really impressive that it took place so early in this uh, 
space exploration. And uh, yeah, for that, I think it's a good victory of the Soviet side because USA didn't answer at this. <laughs> and it take a long time. Even today, I think there is some woman astronaut, but yes, not before right. international station ship, I think. Yeah, maybe. Because I know that on the international space stations, there are women from the USA, or there were. But before that, I don't know if women were sent yeah. to space. So for that, Soviet Union was quite in advance compared to <laughs> United States. Well, Soviet Union has this ideology of uh, that you may even say there are no gender, but everybody is the workers and they like gender doesn't mean that much. But because of that also, women had a lot of pressure because you, mm. first of all, you should have been a worker, but then you had to give birth uh, and then you had to like cook, come home, clean and so on. So maybe it was like some kind of emancipation, but it was also like a double game from the state that also... Yeah. So asked from women to be this like stereotypical woman duties. Yeah, but it shows how the different ideology can take place also in these uh, space races yeah. and how they don't want to lead it in the same way. Mm -hmm. Because the next very important improve of uh, United States in this uh, space races took place in 1965 on uh, July the 1st with the first flyby of uh, Mars. Flyby not mean to be really close to the planet <laughs> because uh, this flyby took place around uh, 10,000 kilometers of Mars. It's quite far, but it's in order to have like a full view of it because this flyby also bring back the first close-up picture of another planet. And uh, thanks to the project Mariner 4 led by uh, NASA again, all the project of uh, United States during Cold War are led by NASA, so I yeah, will not true. precise it this <laughs> time. And so it shows also with this um, probe called Mariner 4 that NASA starting also a project about, let's say, Mars discover very early because all the Mariner projects are dedicated to Mars and it's starting during the 60s. So still the beginning, astronauts, scientists and uh, people who want to discover space have a really long view about it because they want to go far and far away still the beginning and it's really interesting to discover it like that because we expect that it's some idea that came with a recent improvement but no the Mars uh, discovery is quite old now yeah the Mars was also like uh, this magical place that was uh, getting people to it and now actually thinking about what I forgot to, to say and it's really important because From Mars I got this association, uh, of course, of Elon Musk and yesterday I read the news that he met with the family of really important person whom I actually forget, to my shame, to mention. And Elon Musk yesterday, or the day before yesterday, had a meeting with the family of Sergei Pavlovich Karolev. And Sergei Pavlovich Karolev is also should be mentioned, excuse me, dear listeners, but yeah, now I will go way back because he was actually the father of the space program of the Soviet Union. Sergei Pavlovich Karolev was the one who built the spaceship on which uh, the Gagarin went into space and he was the one who was controlling it. And actually we may have not had Sergei Karolev alive at that time. Maybe there wouldn't be this all of these successes because whenever we remember of Sergei Pavlovich Karolev, we remember that he 
flew the first man into space. He built all these spaceships. He was the genius, as Elon Musk actually said, he was one of the best. But before that, he had to go to some gulag during the Stalin era, and he had to be imprisoned. I think it's important to remember not only all the great that the person did to the country, but also all that that country did to him. Because nowadays people like to remember just beautiful facts and not to remember the bad facts. So, yeah, yeah Sergei Pavlovich Karolev is a, maybe the same or even more important than Yuri Gagarin in this first human flight. But, as Tristan already said, we were already in 1965, the first uh, Mars flight by. But the next year, on February 3rd, 1966, Soviet Union had first soft landing on another celestial body, which was Moon, and first photos were taken from another celestial body. Of course, it wasn't a uh, man flight, it was only the spaceship or moonwalker Luna 9, which is Moon 9. But yes, the Soviet Union managed to land the first object to the Moon. And the same year, on March 1st, 1966, uh, Soviet Union has first impact into another planet, which was Venus. So, Soviet Union, don't know why, wasn't that uh, fascinated by Mars at the moment. <laughs> they were flying to the Venus, which is actually, I think, even if you look at the space map, you can understand that it's not that great for the humanity to, <laughs> no. to live too we'll close go, we'll to the sun. We'll go closer to the sun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. But yes, Soviet Union had also the first impact in the Venus, and it was made by Venera 3, or Venus 3, and... Yes, so we were landing on the moon and on Venus, but didn't fly by near Mars. Yeah, and so the same year, in uh, August, NASA want to continue with, uh, let's say, uh, moon project, and uh, they sent the first probe in the space which are able to map the moon. It was the Lunar Orbiter 1, and uh, this map moon looks to be the really beginning of the most important point for projects that will came in the year 1968 with the famous uh, mission Apollo 8 and uh, Apollo 11. Okay. So, and uh, in October 30, 1967, Soviet Union had another interesting thing involving two space ships, they had first docking of two remote controlled spacecraft, which was Cosmos 186 and Cosmos 188. I wonder what happened to Cosmos 187. <laughs> but I think this achievement is really important, not only because finally the two spacecrafts could dock each other in the space, but also it was uh, paving the road for the future dockings. Like nowadays we have this International Space Station that's flying in the space all the time and people are actually getting there by docking the spaceship into the space station. So the Cosmos 186 and Cosmos 188 actually showed that this docking is possible and this technology is possible, so I think it was a great achievement. Yeah, it's true, because space exploration is not only the fact to go deeper and deeper in space or to reach the farthest point possible, it's also the fact to improve the how to pilot spacecraft and how to make some, uh, I don't know really how to say it, but some 
parking in space. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and uh, yeah, the fact to if some ship are able to meet in space, they're able to exchange some information, some uh, crew member, some uh, material or things like that. And it's something really important for the future project and really important for the fact to land human on another celestial body because if you don't succeed in it you are not able to put a rocket on another celestial body yeah. and to go back safety on earth and so in this idea we arrive now for united states in december 1968 with the mission apollo 8 it's one of the i think most important apollo mission and uh, For me, it's one of the most important because it's the first time that a piloted spacecraft or space rocket leaves the Earth's orbit in order to follow the Moon's orbit and succeed to continue to follow it. And thanks to this mission, the 24th of December of this same year, as a special Christmas gift, the crew of Apollo 8 are able and became the first humans to see an Earth rise and to take this beautiful, unbelievable picture that you can find on the uh, internet. Yeah, when you discover it, it's so strange and uh, it shows how our Earth is uh, so little in this endless space yeah. and how we need to take care of it. And I think it's one of the most famous pictures ever taken in the, the space race yeah. time and space exploration, not only the space race. Yeah, because it's show some things that we really know. For example, to discover some picture of very far planet, we don't really realize it. But the fact to see picture of our planet so far, so little, and with this kind of uh, yeah, earth strikes that cut it in two, is so strange and so yeah, difficult to admit it, but that's a reality yeah. of space. <laughs> and that's why it's so impressive and important, I think, to continue to explore it and discover it before. Yeah, and we actually getting really close to a really big achievement of the USA. But before that, on January 16th, 1969, Soviet Union was able to achieve another thing. First crew exchange in space and first docking of two manned spacecraft. Because before that, Cosmos uh, spacecrafts were remote controlled, as I already said. But now two manned spacecraft actually could dock, which is way more hard and dangerous because there are actually people lives in that uh, spacecraft. But yeah, they made the first crew exchange in space and it seemed like a really, really big achievement. But United States already had the answer for that. Yeah, and the answer arrived during the day of July 1969, the 21st. I think it's the day of space exploration, the day that nobody can forget, and maybe one of the most important days of human history that changed a lot of things. And it's thanks to NASA mission Apollo 11, which allowed two astronauts, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, to set foot on the lunar ground and make the first step in human history on another world than the Earth. This mission is also an improvement of some technical aspects of space travel. For example, it's uh, also the first space launch from another celestial body than uh, the Earth. And uh, we can also speak a little bit about the work of the third man of this mission, Michael Collins, the, the only ones that are not able to go on the moon mm -hmm. because he was compulsory to stay in uh, orbit around the moon and uh, to bring back the little modules that go on the moon and to create this kind of, sort of uh, yeah, space rendezvous, as it's called. 
with two ship are closed and meet them in the space in order to go from one ship to another. So this uh, big discovery or big uh, challenge it's also possible thanks to all the previous improvement of equipment or technology or technical way of space uh, piloting and even if it's uh, USA that succeeded I think both sides are responsible of it and uh, if there are not this kind of big race or big rush to be the first maybe this success will be arrived a little bit later but it's still an important event on mankind history I think and uh, for me Apollo 11 concludes this uh, decade of moon race and mark a kind of big victory for US yeah. but uh, space war is not ended with it but no. it looks to be very like the end of the first part of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very important milestone in the space explorations, but there are still a lot of people who are building these conspiracy theories that Americans yeah. weren't on the moon, that they filmed everything in the Hollywood, and uh, which is great for me in the behavior of the Soviet Union. They didn't deny it. The Soviet side actually approved that the USA was on the moon, that US astronauts were walking on the moon, taking the samples and so on. So Soviet Union uh, wasn't a sore loser in this. But even these arguments for some people, it's like, it's also a conspiracy that Soviet Union is... Uh, uh, yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> yeah, proving because Soviet Union also needed the same as like the USA to show that actually this is a big empire that can control humanity, blah, blah, blah. So there are still in the 21st century people who don't believe that Americans yeah. were in the moon. But I think even there is these people... At the time and still today, this event remains one of the most important events of human history. And as Armstrong said, when you arrive on the ground of the moon, that's one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. I totally agree with it, and yeah. I think it improved a lot of things after. Because with the beginning of the 70s decade, the world discovers the power and importance of space exploration due to all this... Uh, let's say, kind of space battle between uh, Eastern and Western side during the 60s decade. And a lot of other countries discovered the importance of the fact to improve space technology of their country. And so new countries started to join this race, like, for example, France, because in 65, France became the third country that are able to launch by their own way a satellite in space. And so at the beginning of uh, 1970, France was joined by Japan and China, which became so the fourth and the five countries which launched their own satellite by their own way. And now there is a lot of satellites from a lot of countries in space. But at the time to take part in this race, I think it also a kind of political power or the fact to prove that we are a great country of this uh, Earth planet and we want to be also important out of Earth planet. Yes, this uh, understanding that the space exploration is really important and also that it's really important in the space, not only from the Earth. And actually I will backtrack again because I didn't mention another really important thing because in 1965 there was a first extravehicular activity, the spacewalk, by, by Alexei Leonov. And it was actually really, really dangerous because uh, he said that he 
couldn't uh, at first get back into the spacecraft in, in time and he really, really risked his life. And in connection with this, this is why this is actually really important to explore space in the space. And in April 19, 1971, first human crewed space station was launched, which was, all, which was called Salut 1. Which is, is translated also, salute one. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yes, and uh, in the same year, in, on June 29, 1971, first human crewed orbital observatory, uh, Orion 1, uh, was also launched by Soviet Union. And it was a 23-day manned space record, which is nowadays looks not that much, <laughs> but for that time, for people to stay in the space for 23 days and observe the space was a really, really big achievement. And it was actually the first small steps to the, in the future, International Space Station. In the beginning of 70, for United States, they continue some projects and improve more this project and put all this effort more in the Mariner project which uh, has for goal to reach Mars because now they succeed in the Apollo project and the, let's say, first step on the moon. So now they try to improve their effort on uh, another project. And in this idea, the 14th November and 1971, the probe Mariner 9 is the first to maintain orbit around another planet here, Mars. So it's a proof that Now, space exploration is a fact to discover a new planet and starting to map them and uh, to get back from them new discovery, new technology on uh, all these things. But in the same idea, Apollo project was not totally ended because other Apollo missions continue to take place and other men go to the moon. So it's a... In all the Apollo projects, there is five missions that go mm -hmm. to the moon. And the last mission took place in December 1972, Apollo 17. So it's the last mission of Apollo program, which brings men on the moon. And this mission concludes 11 years of research improvement. And uh, Apollo project, for me, looks to be one of the most important space exploration projects, even today, because it proved that this challenge who seems impossible, was achievable, and it created a kind of, I don't know, a kind of scientist emulsion or things like that about the space field, the space improvement, or the space discovery. But Moon is just the first step of all this endless space around Earth, and it's why for me Apollo Project is so important, and it shaped a lot this uh, space exploration uh, history, and also history of our modern society. Yeah, and... Uh... Before that, in 1971, it was actually the last step of the Soviet Union uh, alone in the 70s era, from 70 to 75, because on November 27, 1971, Soviet Union had first impact into Mars, and then on December 2, 1971, Soviet Union has first soft Mars landing and then first signals from Mars service. This was achieved by Mars 2 and Mars 3 spacecrafts. But yeah, as I already said, this was 
one of the last Soviet Union moves in the 1970-1975 era and it was because I think of the political situation in the Soviet Union because it was a stagnation of the country and even the space sphere which was one of the most important for the Soviet Union and for which was the most money spent on it still affected the Soviet Union space program and yes Mars 2 and Mars 3 was the last major achievement I think of the Soviet Union alone without any international uh, help and cooperation yeah because with the beginning of your 1975 we show a lot of uh, starting of international cooperation about space exploration. The most important one took place on the, on the 30th of May with the creation of the European Space Agency, which pulls the resources of several European countries together. And this uh, creation of ESA shows that this uh, space field is an important domain and that everybody, every country, want to take part in it and to improve it and to go deeper and forest they need cooperation between countries because countries alone are not able to continue as far as they uh, go during this uh, previous decade and in this idea the 15th of July on the same year the first multinational manned mission between USSR and USA took place together with the Apollo Soyuz test project yes and this actually Before that, USA won the space race, yes, as a, as a painful it would be for me, USA won the space uh, race. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not American, so I'm not so happy with it. <laughs> uh, by uh, landing to the moon and having first people on the moon, but yeah, in 1975, as you already said, the joint Apollo-Soyuz mission sent three U.S. astronauts into space aboard an Apollo spacecraft that docked in orbit with a Soviet-made Soyuz vehicle. And when the commanders of the two crafts officially greeted each other, their handshake in space served to symbolize the gradual improvement of U.S.-Soviet relations in the late Cold War era. This was actually the beginning of the cooperation in the space exploration sphere. And of course, even nowadays, there are some of these, like, tries to have this competition who is going to go further and so on. But because of, for example, of appearance of the SpaceX, this competition is not that strong as it was in the space yeah. races. Because uh, Elon Musk, which is, as you can understand, is one of my, I don't know, favorite people on earth <laughs> so he is really friendly in this uh, area he doesn't get like uh, offended by the jokes that our Roscosmos tries to make unfortunately for me nowadays Roscosmos is a pity copy of what was in the Soviet Union and it is not that great they don't invent a lot of new stuff they're still using the old Soviet vehicles And at the same moment, SpaceX and NASA, actually, they invent, they develop. So nowadays, this this is not that competitive because nowadays there are like these dreamers who have resources, who can yeah, improve, uh, who can improve, yeah, and not be like this competitive. And as you can see, for example, uh, the Elon Musk, as I already said, had the meeting with the family of Sergei Korolev and he admits that Sergei Korolev was one of the best and 
his inventions and also helping Elon Musk right now. So this was a great space race during the from starting from the end of 50s and until the mid 70s. But nowadays even there is some tries in the competition, some maybe tries of trash talk on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the same it's atmosphere. Not the same, yeah. And I think of course these space races took place in the Cold War atmosphere and the main goal was to prove superiority or power. But it also have I think maybe some positive point because they create this kind of challenging idea and scientists want to improve faster and faster technology and I think it helped to have now this big space project that of course are not always the best one if you want to discover more you can listen or previous point of view program <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice commercial <laughs> yeah I know and uh, at the end I think uh, it's still an important part of mankind history and there is a lot of think about it it's really difficult to speak about it <laughs> and uh, yeah I really advise you to read some stuff about it to watch some movie because it's so connected and linked with our today world more than uh, that we expect I think and just to conclude with something that I really like in this space history it's about uh, an American probe and that proves that space discovery is also an endless field and the money or the human or the people that we involved in it in uh, one point can have some uh, answer or result during a very very long period And so I will go back a little bit in time in uh, August and September 1977 with the launch of probes Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, which uh, marks the beginning of Voyager program led by uh, NASA, again and uh, always. <laughs> and the original mission of uh, Voyager was to study the planetary system of Jupiter and Saturn. But today, mission still continue deeper and fast because... Nowadays, Voyager probes are leaving solar system and they explore outer limits of the heliosphere in interstellar space and they continue to transmit useful scientist data. This project for me shows importance of uh, space exploration for state or government but also for people, for scientists and for improvement and uh, just to give little uh, numbers that are really impressive for me, uh, Voyager 1 is in space until 42 years, 10 months, and 8 days, and Voyager 2 is in space until 42 years, 10 months, and 23 days, and these two probes continue to learn new things to scientists, and so also to us about our world and our space around us, and I think it's the most important thing about space exploration and space discovery today, is the fact to continue to discover the world around us and to improve it. And of course, discoveries or exploration is always political. Yeah. And it's, but it's not always bad stuff. We can make some, yeah, political fight in a good way or political contest in a good way. And I think space exploration can be one of it, but need to be think about it, of course. Yeah. And my conclusion will be that, that first, I think that space races are important because without them, we wouldn't have this technological jump that we actually had. Like the only less than 20 years two countries needed to make this 
big, big improvement from uh, sending to space a small Sputnik satellite and to sending people and greeting each other in space, the two nations. Uh, the other thing, I think that nowadays the space race is not that important and I think it's the sign of the improvement of humanity. The humanity developed and it's so that uh, it's not that, not that only the technology is what that matters in the greatness and power of the country. Also the human beings are important. And this is also, next my thought is connected with yours, about the politi politics, because uh, space exploration is actually not only the place to have races and to be the competitive ones. Space nowadays is also a great place to interact, to meet with each other, because uh, nowadays we have this international space station where not only Americans and Russians, where, where there are Italians, yeah. where there Compose are... Composed with a lot of different models from different countries. From different nations, yeah, and different astronauts, cosmonauts, and however you call the people in different countries, which is also really interesting, yeah. <laughs> they can uh, work together there and do some really great uh, researches mm. working side by side, but being the people from different countries. Yeah. That is also great. In the same idea, I think space exploration today, and maybe also a little bit in the past, was, I think, one of the only fields that nation build something together step by step with uh, some uh, stuff coming from one country, some other from another one. And it's really impressive. And uh, yeah, International Space Station epitomizes this idea very well. And for me, it's also linked with the fact that in space there is no border like uh, in Earth. Yeah. So the way of thinking is really different and allow humans to think more together as big mankind than alone and divided as several countries on Earth. I think it's why space exploration is so important and can be one of the biggest improvements of uh, mankind today. And we will see with uh, the future when we go on Mars. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe only on Earth the big collider is the same thing that uh, unites the people like that. But yes, space is a great place to be united. And if before it was the space races and we were competing against each other, we moved on from that. The space races ended with the USA victory, as I already said. And now we're united on the International Space Station researching the space. And I think it's a great point to finish the program. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for listening to us. Hope it was interesting for you. And as Tristan already said, you can go also to our point of view of the last week and listen how the space exploration may be good or may be bad for the people. And you can decide which side to join. But for today, we're saying to you goodbye and have a nice day. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you for listening.